Well, good afternoon or evening or whenever you're listening to this, folks. 204060 podcast. We've got a new member of our 204060 podcast. Let me explain. Trevor Lovingood has taken a new opportunity in uh, Florida. He's uh, doing some pastoring and uh, church starting and planting. And we wish him well. He did well for us. And he's uh, gone and, uh, you know, gone but not forgotten. And Travis, I mean, Trevor is just a wonderful man. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, I sure oh, hope he listens to this. That just great. made his day right That's there. right. That's We're welcoming today, though, another millennial. As if one wasn't enough, we have another one. Jared Runyon. Jared Runyon. Boy, what a great uh, addition to the Judson family he's been. He's, he's, he's rocking a Beach Boys Pet Sound album T-shirt today. One of my favorite you know, he's going old school, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. In my room, I used to cry. I tell you, it was so good. So, Jared, welcome, man. Thank you so much. And Gene's not telling you right now that as soon as I walked in and he saw my shirt, he broke into Beach Boys. Yeah. I and mean, he just started singing. I got the album down. Like it was karaoke. Yeah. Do you can, like that falsetto? Can, can, can we give the room? people just a little bit There's of that? There's a place. No, I can't. Not now. I can't. That, that, was, that was behind we us. We get fan mail. This this would go to another dimension musically. I don't want to do I don't want to do I don't want to overwhelm you guys at home getting mail and whatever. So yeah, exactly right. Well, well, I have to say this is my second favorite T-shirt that's ever appeared on the podcast, only topped by when Trevor wore a Use Your Illusion 1. Guns and Roses T-shirt. There we go. Yeah. To record. So yeah, there we that, go. That's my second favorite, though. That one's in my closet. I left it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Jared comes to us uh, from by way of Michigan and Australia. Uh, he studied for a year at Hillsong College, and uh, has a heavy influence by Hillsong worship and that whole ministry. And we've benefited in our college ministry with some great speakers. Uh, that he's had a hand in bringing in. Tell us a little bit about what you're what you're doing uh, here in Nashville, uh, not only with Judson but other things that you're doing. Yeah, totally. So this is about 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Well, it's longer than that now. It's coming up on two years. Yeah. Got here two years ago in August and came to plant my local, uh, kind of like a fresh look at what is college ministry here at Judson and in Nashville. And it started with this idea of going on to campuses and reaching into campuses and reaching students who may or may not find themselves in church. And it started with Travis or Trevor, whatever name you prefer, uh, and, and since has evolved into... Um, a, a pretty worship heavy that's always been my background my influence was as Gene was saying coming from Hillsong it's it's a worship event for college students who um, either have a church or are looking for a church to experience God find community all the good stuff it's awesome really it is worship heavy atmosphere is great uh, students and now young adults are coming and uh, Jared was a little uh, shy there. He he uh, is a good writer. Mm-hmm. He has uh, several songs out. He's got a song on the twenty third Psalm. I tell him this all the time. It's one of my favorite ever, uh, the Shepherd Song. What's what's the original title? And Gene's being humble now too because he sings a killer harmony on that you know, song. I do. I feel like I feel I like you should at the sing wedding. that. Yeah. You did. I didn't realize. Can the I mic tell that story on? really yeah, quickly? Too. Gene it's is awful. In, Gene is in it's the terrible. middle of officiating this wedding outdoor, and they and for some reason they put Shepherd in the middle of this ceremony. And Gene doesn't realize that his speaking mic is still on <laughs> and is just belting this harmony. And it was a, I mean, it was a tight Thank harmony you. It was Thank you. I was like, we need to mic him on Sunday mornings at Thank church. You. He's crushing that part. Yeah. And so ever since, I've been like, Gene, you need to release that solo album. Give yeah. the people what they want. They want to hear it. 
you know what, if I had time, if I just had time for my busy speaking and uh, engaging schedule that I have. No, it's a, you're, you're a great writer, and uh, you've released songs. Folks, you need to go on Spotify and uh, buy these songs. Uh, well, th- three out now or four? Uh, five. There's five songs Five out. songs out. What local, are they? Local Sound is the album. Yeah, Local Sound is the album. That's your band. Or the band, Wild. And so what are the songs? Wild? Wild, More Than Air, Shepherd, Heaven Here Now, and a song called Weightless. I don't think I've heard Weightless. It's You're good. not missing much. It's no good. No, it's good. Just leave it. Really? Out. That's good. Just leave it. Well, I kind of thought you might send it to me gratis, but I'm still know. waiting on my T-shirt from the Kickstarter. Seriously, don't don't really? hold your breath. You know this is terrible. Don't hold your breath. Takers. They really are. Well, we do welcome you, and it's going to be a great addition to us. And uh, thank you for coming and making yourself a part of this. Trevor uh, did depart, but he left us in good hands. We really did a good foundation. And Jared has taken up the mantle of that. And uh, we have some new dimensions in college ministry uh, that I think is going, to be, uh, is going to be very good. But today we're going to talk about back to school, college students going back to school, talking about uh, elementary kids, how do you help moms and dads and whatever. What, what's the church's role in that? Uh, don't you all feel like there's been a... Uh, sort of an artificial break between faith communities and schools now so that if you try to help even what they know they need, uh, it's a little bit tougher to do that? Very difficult right now. And and I think I think a lot of that has been promoted over the last, maybe you would say, eight to ten years very intentionally to say that we have a cultural agenda and even your values, not not your faith, but even your values aren't welcome here anymore. And so... The integration of faith in school, whether you're an administrator or uh, you're a teacher or a student or just a parent of kids or working with college kids coming back to school, helping people understand the mission field that they have is huge. Jeff, do you think it's uh, we don't want your values here as much as we're unsure about those values? Well, I think their values are completely different now. And, and, and I would just go back to something we, we generally don't and, – and this is not to be a hot-button topic, but you know – when when you have your your governmental agencies saying you're going to allow, for instance, everything that's going on with the transgendered bathroom movement right now, if you stand up and say, "Hey, I think there's like some lunacy to this," you know, and we need to take a step back, you're just you're really an outcast and and almost a radical right now. I don't know if you guys saw. I mean, even this week, uh, I think it was a USA Today article I read about Indianapolis having. Uh, Drag, they called it. This is not my words. Drag queens come and read to children at the library. Yeah, I so I mean, it's it's a very different kind of day. So when you come in and say like, "Hey, we'd like to tutor students," it's like, well, you don't really fit anymore with what we're doing. We want to we want to take this cultural thing a little bit farther. But let, let's. I want to go to Jared here for a minute. Uh, the college students that we see come in with a different view of culture about all these things, school and whatever else than a guy my age sees and a guy Jeff's age sees. Uh, do you, don't you feel like uh, the students who come now out of public and even private and homeschool has, has a di- have a different view of acceptance of culture that's not as reactive as maybe my age? Do you find that? I definitely think that there's a shift in that direction. I mean, it's hard to say something that general because I know, you know, friends that I have would make – my mom's views look liberal, you know, mm-hmm. she, but I think as a whole, there is this bending towards what we would call the left side or, or the middle of, you know, if, if 10 years ago, 
you would never find somebody that would say, oh, there's nothing wrong with homosexuality. You'll, you'll find it today, you know, yeah. and, and probably every other person you ask. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. There's been a bend that direction. And I find, uh, this, this whole cultural thing is the church relates to this because every, every time school starts, whether it's at college or, you know, public school, private school, homeschool, every time it starts, I think about culture. Yeah. School makes me think about culture. I'm probably of the ilk that says, uh, Hey, a hundred things that I don't like about it. And I'll tell you in a heartbeat, but that's the way it is. So let's go figure it out. Yep. That's, that's what we have to work with. So rather than being reactive, let's find a way to get in it and, uh, and not so much make our voice heard like it's a political thing or a Christian thing. And it is a Christian thing, but that's the way it is. Okay. I get it. So let's go work with that. Uh, the way it is, I don't think you can change much from the outside. Absolutely. No. And I think one of the things that you instilled in our family was that relationship is the bridge to all of the things that you're trying to do, even with people who you're on the other side of issues with, because the the administrator of a school has, he certainly has an agenda because he has a job to do and he's getting pressures from all sides. And without relationship, you don't really get a voice with that person. Uh, and, and I would just say for us, the biggest thing that we've seen and I would encourage our college students or all the way to our parents of students to just say that showing up and being involved is the is the greatest thing that you can do because if you show up ready to run copies at the school or you show up ready to you know, uh, make sure that dismissal runs smoothly and you're a volunteer for that, it, 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 it allows them to see that you're not just a taker, that you're actually trying to bring benefit to the situation, and it fosters relationship, which in turn lets you have some of the conversations. One thing that we don't understand, and I know this more from folks who teach and coach and whatever at colleges, not so much in high school. You're dealing with the kid in the public school. Uh, Jared is not dealing with that now. They don't have children yet, and obviously our home is empty. But what I what I feel, too, is that many of these people – uh, have to adhere to policies that they themselves don't agree with. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they have their own values and standards, and and they have to take the official position, Sure. you know, versus I'd love to sit down and talk to you. We probably have the same views on this. And if you're just reactive, then the door's going to be shut. You know, Absolutely. Until, you know, nobody's going to trust you until they trust you. Absolutely. That's it. And nobody's going to trust you from the outside. Uh, uh, looking in. So when you talk about church programs and all, I'll just say about us, uh, we intend to be on these college campuses as we're allowed to be. And I've found it hasn't been hard. No. Uh, you were telling me about, you know, uh, uh, somebody that could potentially work on a campus with us and whose wife is an administrator on that campus. It's an open door. Of course, it's a religious school that makes it a little easier. Is that that what you're finding? Absolutely. I think there's more open doors there than what we think or what we, you know, I think we assume that these, you know, even not religious schools, these public universities are, you know, these tight run ships where they don't want anything to do with church or whatever. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I've been surprised in a good way at the open doors there. And I agree that like, if, if we can't get onto college campuses, uh, my mom always says you can't, influence what you refuse to touch and just showing up good word and just showing up on things if it's making copies if it's whatever just showing up gives us a seat at the table to say actually have you thought about this or 
you know, just whatever that looks like. I wonder too sometimes if if people feel like if it's church versus individual or group or whatever, if it's a group or whatever, if they sort of feel like, uh, hey, I know how this helps you. I'm just not sure how this helps me. What's hmm. the value added yeah. to me? And if we as, in church shouldn't be thinking about the ministry to the students at X high school, middle school, college, or whatever, in a way to help that, you know, that, that student by helping that administrator and not being a burden or a problem, you know, or whatever. If they say no, uh, I like to always say uh, what my friend uh, Aaron Walker always says, that's just no for right now. You know, yeah. as you as you know people and uh, truly serve people, I think a lot of times we're not very clear on what we want to do uh, with the aid of or to help an administrator, teacher, or whatever. Well, the great question might might be to lead in with is what do you need done? I mean, what what really would be a blessing to you rather than and I, and I I almost think that 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 is modeling Christ because he didn't come with just an agenda. He came, I, you know, I came to serve. He talks about that when he's washing the disciples' feet, you know. And and this idea, and, and really, I, I, you know, I, I know when you talk about, like, Summit Church, J.D. Greer, mm-hmm. they do a great job at this. Mm-hmm. You know, they asked, what's the worst performing school in Durham? And we're going to go there and tutor, and we're going to help that administrator get it up so that they're in in the top performers and get them above a failing average. And I just think that's a... That's that's a unique position rather than just saying, "Hey, we want to have Bible study on your campus. Where can we do it?" You know, right. or let us on. You know. Well, I think that's that's a great point, and I think too that if you ask parents who have children in schools, you know, uh, and you encourage them to be at the PTO meetings and whatever else, they can tell you what those schools need, and then the church can come back and say, "Hey, are we? Can we do this? Can we help yeah. in any way? Is this is this a possibility at all?" B, are we willing to do this? You know, because it's just really easy to stand up in a pulpit or get in a classroom somewhere and decry the culture that you don't like and and never really be able to change it. Like once again, you don't touch it. It's you know, I don't want to be a part of that. I just wanna I wanna criticize it. Well that's you know, that that really in fact uh doesn't change things. so I mean, what would be some mistakes maybe that individuals and churches might make during this time of year as school starts. Uh, I, I don't know that I have criticism, but but it would help us to think about, you know, avoiding some things. Well, I think two, just off the top of my head, one is just to to immediately view every person you're going to be dealing with as an adversary. You know, like the the teacher must be out to get my child, or the administrator must be out to get my child, or the school system's rigged against us, or something like that. Uh, when you start with that, you know, that's what you get. And if, if you assume an adversarial position, that's one that will be taken to you. I think the second thing is that a lot of times, and, and you could take this from church, I, I generally spend my time with the people who show up here the most. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that our schools do that i got to be honest with you, I mean, I, I'm not interested in the least. I don't want to go watch a student-faculty basketball game on Saturday night and I mean, you know, do the PTO fundraisers and the the movie nights and the things like that at our schools. I've got things that I could tell you would be more important to me. But what I have found is that when you show up and are known by the teachers and are known by the other parents, all of a sudden your presence there 
they they want to know you because you've taken an interest in them. If you're just a person they call with the complaint, no no interest in you at all. And so just showing up, and if I, I just share a quick story about just showing up. When our second child went to school, they had a, a little cry uh, breakfast for the for the parents of, for kindergartners. And uh, I mean, we weren't sad that he was going to school. We were pretty overjoyed that he was, you know, finally going. We'd have all the kids in school. And Kathy said, "You know, you need to come with me to this to this breakfast." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I mean, really." And I knew what would happen, and it's what started to happen when we walked in the room. All of the women huddled together, and because none of the other husbands had come, I was just standing there while they were talking about Sweet. all their stuff, you know, and I. I'm not eating the breakfast, so I'm just kind of standing there. And you know how you do as people walk by, you say, hey, how you doing, that kind of thing. You don't know them, but just, hey, how are you? And this guy stopped when I said that, and he was like, I'm fine, how are you? And he introduced himself to me, and it developed into a relationship. He was not a believer, and uh, through through that year that, that our kids were in class together, we were able to spend a lot of time sowing seeds of the gospel in his life and I would have I would have never met him. I would have never had the opportunity to meet him had we not gone to the cry breakfast. And so you you have to just show up and even if it's things that you feel are unimportant, you may be missing a kingdom opportunity just by showing up. There's a, there's another thought that that strikes me uh in this whole cultural uh conversation. I think sometimes we feel like if somebody doesn't agree with us on anything. Let's. It could be politics. It could be. Uh, it could be religion. It could be sexuality. Uh, you know, it could be economics or whatever else. Then we automatically assume because we have disagreement over one area that there's nothing good in that person's life. Right. It's so wrong. So here's a teacher or an administrator that might not agree with my view uh, of anything in the culture. Let's just take the sexuality thing. And uh, there's a dictate that comes down from a group of people. Not everybody who does that, I don't think, uh, whether they have an agenda or not, they're not all just bad. You know, sometimes I think we characterize people as bad because they're different. Sure. And I think we have to be very careful. You found common ground there because because of a a school situation, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, two students. uh, You weren't alike religiously or probably in many of the values, no. but there is common ground there. We have to learn that, I think. Let me let me change gears here a little bit and talk about churches in the college towns, like our town is full of colleges. Uh, you know, do we have the do we have a rhythm about college students or whatever? Or do we just assume and hope, hey, if you come, you come. If not, I felt like uh when I came to Judson, it was uh pretty soon apparent that, hey, if you come, you come. We're pretty close to some colleges if people find their way here. And we had a few college students to drift in. Uh, we would do college night over at one one college, one university. But all of a sudden, two years ago, we ramped that up. And we said, no, this is we're going to pay attention to this. So uh, do you think most churches in our city do that? I mean... Go for it, Jared. Most churches in Nashville? I couldn't speak into that. I don't know exactly. But I do know that, I mean, every every year in the fall, there is, apparently there's 100,000 college students in Nashville, in and around Nashville. So that means every year there's 25,000 freshmen that move in. That is 25,000 people who don't have friends, don't have family, don't have church, may or may not have a relationship with the Lord at all. That's a real opportunity 
to take the gospel to very vulnerable people. I know in my life, all the transition moments in my life are the times where I feel like God was really getting a hold of my attention. Mm. And so transitioning away from home for the first time, transitioning away from relationships you've had your whole life, there's a real loneliness that comes with that. And there's a real opportunity for the church as a whole to stand in that gap and say, we're going to get you some people that are going to point you towards Jesus, keep you on the right path. Um, so I don't know for sure in Nashville if, if churches are doing that. I just know what's happening right here. And I'm excited to be a part of that, you know, going on to college campuses and, and seeing that happen. Yeah, I, I couldn't speak for it, probably shouldn't speak to every church. It doesn't appear that way. It appears that most churches would need to focus. They have other needs that they're focusing on. Uh, they're all kind of they're tiers of churches, levels of churches, and styles of churches, and they're trying to do different things. But uh, I know, I know, my heart was really convicted about it several years ago. That we we got we, we just can't keep, uh, you know, kind of throwing a net out with holes in it. If you want to come here, find us, and then we'll we'll love you, take care of you, put you in church life and whatever. On the one hand, I think it's hard for a church institutionally to do it. On the other hand, it's hard if you never do it. You know, uh, you, you'll be you'll be a hundred percent successful in your failure if you never do it. But I've been surprised over the last two years of the my local phenomenon, uh, where college students have come to that because I think to them it didn't feel like it didn't feel like they were losing their grip on church at home if they had a spiritual life at home or whatever. You know, and yet they they didn't feel like it was just abandoning any kind of faith or whatever. There was kind of a community, a place to kind of come and at least give it a shot. Uh, and then out of that, it took us a little while. We got some groups going, and I think we're seeing some fruits of that in terms of leadership. Uh, but our church definitely has a cycle. I mean, we're we're definitely very much aware of two semesters now with college students. Our planning for this coming year as the students come is for two cycles to, you know, yeah. it, it, most churches don't plan cycles uh, by college semesters exactly. Uh, and you have to start it again every semester. It's 14 weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is. We you, had to you, learn that, though. You boil it down, and and it's it's almost like it's September, October, November, until Thanksgiving. And that pretty much we figured out kind of was the end of it for us because after that there might be a week, but then it was what dead day and totally and, and exams. Yeah. And so the first year we kind of did my local, we had it all the way through kind of right up until Christmas and then decided like this, we're wasting our time here because nobody's coming right at the end. And we, we kind of made a shift there. So it is, we had a little Christmas party and both of the people that came to it just yeah, loved, it. loved it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They won the techie sweater contest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ate it up. Men's and women's. Well, no, it is a difference. I think you have to learn uh, what they're about. And a college student is still not away from home. Hmm. A college student still isn't an independent, you know, totally responsible for myself adult yet. And I think we can, we can project on that a little bit if you're not careful an 18-year-old is not really an adult, and they're trying to figure this out. And they've been shepherded and surrounded all of their lives, even if they're not believers. Uh, they may have still been in church, or they may have been in you know, uh, a high school campus group or FCA or something like that. But they don't have 
the wherewithal, the maturity and the wherewithal to say, I need this. I need to get into Bible study. I need to get in church. I need to what I want to. They don't have the want to. When I went to college, I certainly didn't. Uh, my, my church was my home church. You know, I went to activities and all, but it wasn't the same. But I had a community, and I think they do like that, the familiar face and, and, uh, and what you say. You know, you said something. Anything else uh, you find college students coming with, this kind of this need to alleviate loneliness, what else? Do, what other issues maybe do they come with? Uh, the relationship thing is huge. That's why, Jeff, when you said that a second ago, that's how you, you have an avenue into people's lives through relationship. I think that college students are coming to my local events because they need friends. They're just actually lonely people. Yeah. That is the number one thing I hear from college students. I might be busy, and I may have acquaintances, but I don't have friends, like real friends. And you find out the day that you move and nobody's there to help you that yeah. you don't have any friends. Let's talk about this a little bit. You and I were talking about this yesterday about the, the my local experience worship fun uh, it's a, it's almost a christian party you know without the cokes popcorn and cookies uh but we talked about how do you how do you maybe uh invite community among people who typically every week will be among strangers now there's a you know by the time you're a junior and senior you know all your peeps and you got that going you know you're comfortable you love it everything's going on but what? But that kind of closes off. But that, that that newcomer, that freshman, that sophomore, that young adult who's moved to Nashville and just heard about it. Uh, what, what? See, I think everybody. I think millennials, like I told you yesterday, want, desperately want community, but many times are relationally uncertain. You know, you can't have community without relationships, and so I have this, I have this uh, lack, relational lack over here. Because they're 18, they're not, you know, they're, and they're in a new situation. So you want community, that's a desire, but you don't quite have the wherewithal to get it quickly. So, well, I mean, how, what are we learning about that? I think new relationships in any setting are just intimidating. Like when you walk into, you're talking about the, the breakfast at your, your kid's school. I mean, yeah. anybody that you don't know and you're trying to just strike up a conversation with, that's just really intimidating. What in the world do we have to talk about? What kind of common ground do we have here? So imagine that times a million when you're a new freshman in a new city. I remember my brother moved here for college. He moved to Nashville and he was like, that 12 months that I was here was the most lonely period of my life because I just didn't know how to start new relationships. It's a brand new thing. And so if nothing else, if my local could be a party that is pointing community to Jesus, but connecting community to each other by creating a platform for you to have an easier conversation. When we're getting new freshmen in, the first, I mean, we can pull conversation out of them and make them feel known so easily. Where are you from? Where, what school are you going to? What, you know, what are you majoring in? What's a dream? What do you want to do one day? And I think as you pull relationship out or conversation out of people that are otherwise intimidated by initiating that conversation. I had to, I had to learn to ask those questions. I mean, we talked about that about a year ago. Uh, I noticed at my local, we were asking three questions, and then after they answered the two questions, we, you know, the person would leave. <laughs> I mean, you'd leave that person, rather. And what are the significant questions? And one thing that uh, I started doing there is, is to say, I bet you were really good at – or what were you really good at in high school? Was it music? Was it athletics? Was it drama? I mean, what, what did you really enjoy, video or, or whatever? And 
and they kind of open up. They blossom up. Everybody loves to talk about themselves totally. if if they're in a safe place. Safe place. Yeah, and I would just say one thing too for all of us as parents, college students, whatever. If you don't have any margin in your life, you don't have any room for anything else. New relationship, new people, new anything, and one of one of the things. Um, when, when I talk to our college students today versus 10 years ago when I came to the church, the avenues that they have in technology have allowed them to stay a lot closer to people that they went to high school with, for instance, than I ever had the opportunity to be with. I, w- I wasn't far away. I was only three and a half hours away from where I grew up in high school. But I didn't have – I had to pay 10 cents a minute every time I called one of my friends <laughs> and said, what are you doing? So, I mean, you kind of – you, you didn't do it often. And, and I would just say if, if you're, as an adult, looking for new relationships, if you don't have any margin, you can't, you can't do that. And so if you're a college student and you're holding on to every relationship you have with the past and you're in you know text groups and following everybody's Instagram story, and I don't know if our college students anymore do Facebook. I guess that's, that's passe to them. But if you're in group Snapchat with everybody – and and that's constantly doing that, or or even things like gaming. I mean, I, I talked to a guy not long ago who was just like, I'm I have a team, and we're 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 we have they're PC gamers, and and we we meet together kind of every night and work our team strategy on this game. And I know it's fun, and I know I know it's 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 interesting, but it can be if you're not careful that you're not present, and even if you wanted to be present, you don't have any margin. So if 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 you're so busy you can't make a new friendship, you're too busy. If, if you're so busy you can't go to one of the events and meet somebody new or invite someone into your life, you're too busy. You you need to create some margin by looking at some of maybe, I guess I would call them ancillary things, TV watching, movie watching, you know, whatever it is for you, too much work, what whatever it is, and create some margin for your church community life to be there. You just you need to do that. Downstream you'll end up 40 years old and every year you avoid that you have less relational capacity yeah it's harder and harder to make relationships and you get so introverted or so messed up kind of in your own lane almost. then you're sad you're just sad you know you want to be married you want to be whatever and it loses you you know one thing and we'll kind of wrap this up right now uh one thing all of this has done for me personally is uh sort of kept a fresh vision to be reminded that in another decade you know, you got you, you, we're going to have different issues and people and culture and students who come. In another decade, the high school is going to look different, and the you know you, and and uh, the, my grandchildren in middle school or whatever, it's going to be very very different. So you got to keep fresh at it. You got to keep pounding it, and don't give up because a lot of times it's it's a step forward and a couple back before you get too far and one back. But it's always a backward step when you say, ouch, this doesn't work anymore. We've got to do it. You have Mm -hmm. to learn cycles and whatever else if you're interested in people. Well, hey, thank you for being with us today, tonight, four in the morning, whenever you're listening (laughs) to this. Travis, we hope you're listening to it. And we need to make sure everybody knows uh, how to connect with Jared. What's your, what's your Instagram? How can they find you on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you do? Yeah, at Jared Runyon, J-A-R-E-D-R-U-N-I-O-N. Facebook, Instagram, those are my two things. Folks, yeah. jump on that. Uh, I guarantee you, you'll absolutely love it. You'll enjoy <laughs> the music. You'll enjoy the ministry. 
and just like uh, we enjoy him. So we're gonna we're gonna sign off now because I'm gonna sing through the song set. Sing the it Beach to Boys, me. Pet Sounds. Uh, <laughs> Pet Sounds, you know, baby. Caroline, no, and all. Sloop John B, my favorite. Oh my goodness, yeah, it's awesome. So yeah. we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening in.